Right, our next guest on the line is Andrew Hegarty from the village of Belclare in South Sligo. And Andrew is 88 years young and he's just published a book of poetry. It's called An Old Man's Memories, expressed in poem and story. And indeed, Andrew has a lot of stories to tell, having worked and lived abroad for many years. Good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. And, and thanks for joining us. You've been writing poems for, for how long, tell us? Well, before we get into the poem thing, I want listening to you there on the radio speech of prices. Yeah. And I was in the recent past out the country in a little restaurant, which is mostly where tourists are. And I was charged 16 euros for a hamburger and 480 for a Coke. Now, that's in the story. We'll get on with the poems. Yeah, all right. Well, it must have been a, a deluxe hamburger or an, Amer- <laughs> an, Amer- an American-sized one, which you'd known too well about. But anyway, the, well, you can write a poem about that because you've written a poem. You've written poems about everything, every subject well, in your in your career. Well, yeah, I've seen the book. Well, mostly what I have picked up on with my age was back in 1939 and 40 of how people lived back then, and. What has happened with the poetry, it has got very good reviews and it has been picked up for posterity, preservation, and it's gone into uh, UCD in Dublin, into the folklore section, which is in with Kavanaugh and then It's got very good reviews, I will say that about it. Because it is, it is a history of times past in Ireland and elsewhere, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. Well, the whole problem with it is, you see, we've done a good programmes for... Our Council of Ireland sponsoring them. They're trying to capture what happened way back then because we've gone into the computer age and everybody has mobile phones and they're talking to themselves and what have you. And they're trying to capture for posterity this happenings way back then. And people were poor. And I mean poor, but the only good feature about it was everybody was poor. Like, um, I, I mean, everybody was poor, but were they happier, do you think, Andrew, now? Oh, they Lord God, they were the salt of the earth. They were really neighbourly, helpful, never steal, that help each other and all that kind of stuff. And like, just to take, for instance, if you had toothache, we'll say, for argument's sake, it was no dentist to go to or something like that. Some, maybe a blacksmith that might be pulling teeth. Or I remember one fellow in the village where I was, well, he had been in the merchant navy, and he came back, he was an old man, and he must have done a lot of fighting in his time. His face was reshaped. It looked now pretty much like a bucket of broken chisels. But he used to pull teeth. And uh, he's sixpence. And he, I see he had a thread going that time called bagging thread, where you could tie a bull, you wouldn't break it. He put a loop on that and put it on the tooth, and he had a kind of a ring in the wall. He used to tie the thread to it. And he would get around the individual and start humming, diddly doodly, diddly, and he'd hold your head up back now, and he had a big needle, and he'd give him a prod in the ass, and they'd let her roar, but the tooth would be out on the end of the thread. That was his system. And I was led to believe that there was a blacksmith over me, you used to pull teeth. I don't know now. I don't quote me on that. I only, I'm not sure. But... Oh, I could tell you oodles and oodles of stories yeah. about that. And, and that, that, was the, that was the extent of the anaesthetic when you were getting your, your tooth pulled. Uh, you, but, get but, prod, you get a prod of the needle, that was the <laughs> <anaesthetic>. <laughs> But you, you write about such topics as, you know, the, the silver half crown and the corpse house and the wake house and 
all sorts well, of memories of. The, the silver half crown was a neighbour of mine that used to sell turf, and he used to drive seven miles of the road to Swinford to a laundry there with this crib of turf, and he got a half a crown. And I found out late in life that was one of them laundries that's not very popular to my Dillon job. But however, that was, it gives you, well, what happened was I had a good friend of mine, Ted Nealon. People remember Ted, former TD and minister, of course, Ted Nealon. He was a journalist and a television presenter yeah. and a minister. Ted grew up on the same area as I did, Night Claire. And it was him, we made a couple of programs for RTE and this, that and the other. And then I don't know, a program with a fella called Kennedy, Liam Kennedy in Queen's University in Belfast. And he insisted that I do some writing. Then I joined WB8 Society and Miss Stella G. Moo was a hero there and she insisted. And it's like an alcoholic. When you start, <laughs> you just you, you keep writing and I yeah. went back on time. But I'm, I, it's all authentic. Any poem in that is authentic to the situation of that time. Okay, and it's written from the heart. And as I said in the introduction, Andrew, you've worked... You worked in, in England, all over America, isn't that right, in your time? Yes, well, and I did. Well, I got married in America then, and I got in. Well, there was big money in it for steel erecting, putting up skyscrapers, so, of course. You know, Andrew, I wanted the big money, so I joined the steel erectors, and we used to be putting skyscrapers up in the windy city of Chicago. Uh, I couldn't do it now. The nerve was gone, but I often think it would up there 40 or 80 floors in the air on a little beam bolting up or something, you know. It shouldn't have been. I shouldn't have done it, but I yeah, did. Yeah, but it was off a time. And when, when did you come back after your years abroad? I came abroad? back in 1968. There was a lot of trouble in America, and I had married an American. I had my family. My family was born there. So I came back. But I almost had a great longing to come back. Yeah, and did you, did you notice... Did you notice big changes in Ireland when you came back in 1968? Yes. You see, all of the things that were so simple and simplicity at its best, we were going in, beginning the car, you know, on tar roads. In my time, when I was young, if you had a bicycle, you were a tough. No road was tarred all along the mountainside. It was beautiful. Great neighbours and all the kind of stuff. My first experience, there was a lot of immigration. Actually, there were 40 houses in the village. And they're all down now to one. There's one native left there, which is my brother. Mm. He's gone. Forestry came in, bought up the land all around the planters, and that was the beginning of the end. That was a scorched earth policy for the people that had to go then. They're gone anyway, they won't be back. And it makes me sad, really, when I see the situation, but there's nothing we can do about it. That when I came back and... I thought things would be as they were, but they weren't. And so that's why I moved from that area down into Ballymote here where I'm living now. Yeah, all right, OK. You'll continue to write. As I say, you've you published this book of poems. You'll continue to write for as well, long as you can. Well, I will explain to you about that book of poems that you have now. I have another book coming out in May. Now, my literary agent, which is Jonathan Williams, a uh, literary agency in Dublin, uh, I am not in this thing for financial gains. Of the book that you have there in front of you, I have donated a thousand books to cancer research in the hospital in Dublin, Vincent's Private Hospital, which is big into cancer. 
which has given them 10,000 euros. I don't want to make money on the thing. If I can help somebody, even though I have long departed this globe, then my passing should have a purpose. And the same thing, the next book is coming out to be a similar thing, again, about matchmaking and, you know, this, that, and the other, in May. I haven't got any shelf space, well, I had in the stores, but the book got held up for nine months in the print shop, and then I got a hit done, which was in November, and I haven't been driving my car mobile. But the book will be going back on the shelves, I'd say, in April. All right. Okay, well, good good luck with that, and good luck with your continued uh, writing. It'll be of interest to so many people. It's called An Old Man's Memories, expressed in poem and story by Andrew Hegarty. Uh, Andrew, th- thanks for coming on this morning and telling us a bit of your story. Well, it's, um, it's just the idea that if by chance that you can do it, I got kind of, we'll say, calmed into writing. I had no intention until I met Ted and this one or that one, and they had suggested it. And then you begin to do something and you continue with it. And like I say, if they can make you, a lot of my friends died with cancer, and that's why I donated the books to the cancer research in Vincent's private hospital. Anyways, Neil, thank you, my old man. 